Well, hello, FC Dallas Curious fans. Welcome to episode 70 of Third Degree, the podcast. Now, we do know, of course, that FC Dallas is not playing currently, but as always here at Third Degree, we try and bring you local soccer content, and uh, and that means it's time for us to turn our eyes to another team in town, the second best team in town, I think that's fair to say, uh, who is about to start their season this weekend. And that would be North Texas Soccer Club. So in order to tease that season, I am joined today by special guest uh, Eric Quill, who is the head coach of North Texas Soccer Club and a man I've actually known since 2004 when he played for the Dallas Burn way back in the day. Eric, thanks for coming back on the podcast. This is the second time you've joined us since we've started. Thanks for having me, Buzz. Well, I know the season is just around the corner, and you kick off this weekend with Ford Madison, so let's get directly right into it. Now, we'll talk about the opponents in a a minute, but um, one thing that's very different about this season is that uh, so far, from my point of view, uh, media are not allowed to watch training, not since the very early days because of the COVID uh, pandemic. So it's perfectly understandable that we're not allowed to go these days, but so you're going to have to tell me since I can't see for myself, how does your team look? Are you guys ready to go? Uh, we are, we're looking better and better. Uh, obviously it's, it's a very different season than, than normal. Um, given the, the hiatus, uh, that we took, uh, but we've been back and, you know, taking step by step, uh, the protocols. And, and so we're back to full team training and, um, you know, I think that we, I, I don't think by any means, you know, I think our fitness level is close. I think we're, we're still, it'll be interesting to see, um, week one where, where, you know, our sharpness, how long it takes us until, does it stop in the 75th? Does it go to, you know, are we able to, to find our second wind and really push a strong level in the 90th and beyond? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, cause we haven't been team training that long. So. Uh, that's going to be one for the eye to sort of behold uh, this for this first week, and I think. But everybody's in the same boat, so you know. And actually, not that's not even really true because some markets had different sort of start times, and um, so I think that I, I, I'm really happy where we are. Um, we're almost fully healthy as far as you know all of our signing guys. We got a couple guys a little bit banged up, carrying some things that are just coming back, so that I, I expect them to to be earning minutes here early on. So all in all, really pleased. Obviously, as you know, some new pieces uh, compared to last year. So um, they fit in nicely. And uh, I know the guys are excited. It's, it's sort of that, you know, it's about time kind of feel. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see where we are come Saturday night. Obviously, this uh, COVID situation has been very impactful on everybody. Um, I'm assuming, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that you guys were shut down like all the rest of us in mid-March. Um, how, how was the process of getting going been for North Texas Soccer Club? And what, what were the sort of stages and, and, and how soon were you able to get back to? I know it hasn't been very much, but when did you get back to full team training? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we, we got shut down like everybody else for that long period of time. And then, you know, as they sort of reintroduced us to uh, protocols, <clears throat> Back up, we started individual trainings 
but before that even, I mean, I, literally, I, I, in all honesty, I basically turned the team over to our sports performance coach um, because he had the most impact from a physical standpoint while we were away doing Zoom meetings every day, Zoom workouts, um, and really just did an outstanding job keeping guys motivated and really keeping them working hard. Um, and so, you know, I was basically his, his assistant, you know, and, and cheerleading and, and, you know, trying to challenge guys and having conversations with them off, you know, you know, individually on the phone, um, doing whatever we could to just keep them stimulated and, and keep them in a positive state of mind. So it was, it was not easy, but our guys came out of it really thriving and it just made them, you know, when it came to individual workouts, they, they had a great attitude. I think they were relieved to be on the field again, um, like all of us. And they, they busted their tails every day in a, in a not so normal, uh, you know, environment, having, you know, the field segmented in fours and, you know, everybody having this social distance and keep, you know, far away from each other. And then, you know, coming up with resources to have them be able to hit a ball and have it, you know, come back to them. So we, we got creative with, you know, making some, some, some of our own equipment that allowed for us to sort of try to keep these guys sharp. So, you know, we moved from there to, you know, small group training, which was definitely, you know, really nice to pass and, you know, have partners. Um, so with all, with every step of the way, we've progressed. And so team training, we've, we've kind of been in the last uh, three weeks now, two weeks. Uh, yeah, three weeks. And so, um, and that obviously comes with a lot of, you know, testing, COVID testing and making sure guys are, are healthy and send a message to them every day, you know, be careful where you go. It's the things if you've watched, you know, the news outlets and, you know, this is very heavily uh, dense in Texas still uh, and, and beyond. But we've got to be super cautious because now the season's about to start. And what we don't want to have is all these guys put in a ton of work and, you know, at the last second, somebody makes a bad decision and gets sick and then, you know, takes himself out for 14 days. And basically when you do that, um, you know, you've basically taken a body of work and all the fitness and you're starting back at square one, so to speak. Um, so we're trying to avoid that moment as much as best we can, but it's, a, it's a, it's a silent and, you know, you can't see it, this virus coming. So it's just one of those deals where we got to be smart off the field and, and taking what we say to heart. Now in the limited amount of training I was able to watch prior to the shutdown, uh, of your team. I was particularly impressed with Juan Manuel Alvarez and Alex Bruce. Um, so uh, for me, those are two of your biggest newcomers. Why don't you tell us a little bit about those two guys, uh, if you will? Yeah, Juan Manuel has been, I mean, he's, this guy is going to be the real deal. Um, his mentality, his his whole overall game, uh, great feet, great vision, uh, great quickness, great, really good combination. Uh, he's, he's obviously was with Monterey, uh, as you know, and grew up in their system, and you can tell they did an outstanding job with them. Uh, I think it was just one of those deals where they're so dense in talent that he just couldn't really find his way in. But it wasn't for, I mean, I don't think he was far off, and I know they liked him a lot. He was with the first team. Um, and I think he, and what he can do, he can, he can play a range of positions. I mean, you can play him as a two, you can play him as a six, as an eight, as a 10, as a, as a, as a winger. I mean, he does, he has really high level tangibles in all these different, and so. Um, we like him in the interior of our field right now. Um, not to say that he can't bounce out and play some different stuff, but we brought him here to sort of be a, a, a box to box eight. Um, and he's, he, he took an injury uh, a few weeks back. So he's just coming back, um, this week. So 
I fully plan on him being in the lineup. Uh, how long? We don't know. We're trying to sort of get a get a good um, sense of how long we can kind of push him this weekend um, because he's just coming back. But he's a huge part of what we're doing. Uh, he's a leader. He's our captain. Um, so I think fans and, and those that are coming out to watch are going to really enjoy his game. Um, and so Alex Bruce, I, I know very well from my time uh, back in Houston. He played for me with my old club. Um, won a national championship with him. Uh, really just an outstanding nine. Very, very different than what we had last year. He's a true target. Um, excellent feet. Um, excellent post-up player. Um, so he uh, really brings a different element, obviously, than we had last year when we had, you know, Ronaldo and Pepe as, as slashers up top. Um He's going to provide us more of a, uh, you know, sort of a really target body to sort of play balls in off of them. He holds holds the game up well. So I think um, we have the ability with him to slow the game down a bit when we need to um, and possess through the through the thirds because he, we can play into him at any level and he's going to he holds it up well. He lays balls off well. So our style may be a little bit different than last year in, in some tempo areas. But uh, – He's, and he's, he's lethal inside the 18-yard box. I mean, I've, I've known this about him. Uh, he, uh, and I think he's going to enjoy the players he's playing around. You can see it in training and, and in, the, in the squads we've had. You know, I think we provide his game with, with the likes of Juan Manuel and David Rodriguez and, and uh, Jabron Rayo. Um, a lot of good combination play, players, and, and they can. He all he's got to do is find good spots in the box, and he's going to he's going to find chances. So. He's a guy that doesn't need a lot of chances to take the goal. He's one of those guys. You give him one, one out of two, he's gonna he's gonna take one out of two, uh, if not two out of two. So I think he gives us more of a, a you know a stinger in the in the box, which you know we all, we all want to have, right? So I'm excited about the, both those players. Anybody that's uh, any of your new signings that's over the last uh, let's say last month impressed you that we should be looking for this weekend to pay attention to. Uh, Alisson uh, Correa, he's uh, one of the Brazilian. He's a, he's a sixth that we brought in. He's been super impressive. His ball-winning ability is, is really high level. Um, he's going to be a really good presence for us in the middle of the park. He's going to destroy a lot of things. Um, and he's got uh, you know good, great feet um, and distribution. But he's just really a guy that's going to shore up the middle of the field for us. And uh, I think opponents are going to really struggle around him and, and be fearful because he's got that sort of He's got the physique. He's got the the attitude. Um, he's 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 that nasty type six that you know we're all looking to sort of uh, you know disrupt and sort of have have teams fear us. So uh, he's, a, he's a guy definitely to watch. Now you lost two pretty key players on loan: uh, your center back and captain Breck Evans, and your MVP and assist king Arturo Rodriguez. Uh, those are some pretty big shoes to fill. So who are you looking for to step into those those shoes? Yeah, so um, they are big shoes to fill. I mean, from a leadership standpoint, Breck was huge, and obviously a left side center back who's got you know a lot of talent and is a fiery competitor. Um, we, uh, you know, we missed him, but we made it up for it with, uh, we went out and got Lamar Batista, um, who has, you know, had plenty of experience, with, you know, being drafted by MLS teams, he spent some time in Portland, LAFC, I think it was just in the, in the offseason with Minnesota. Um, 
he's interested. I think he's had a played a variety of positions. He played left back and and we see him back. So I think he's sort of he's maybe playing a different role than he's used to, and maybe as a youth player because he's got some some flair and you know um, he's back. And so we're trying to get him to sort of simplify his game and and commit to being a center back, which he's taken in stride. And I really he's got great size, great athleticism, great feet. Um, Good distribution, so he's been a huge, huge plus for us. And then we have a young one in the back, and, and Justin Shea, who's coming along really well. Uh, who's everybody needs to put on the radar because this kid's gonna—he's gonna wow some people. Oh yeah, um, he's uh, he's one that is—he's—he's he's definitely, you know, obviously Lucci and staff have their eyes on him um, as they've had for some time, but he's growing tremendously fast, um, not just physically, but in, in his mentality and his ability and on the field. So he's one that we really want to give a lot of opportunity to because we see a really bright future in him. So be paying attention for him. Uh, as far as, you know, replacing Arturo, that's a tough one. I mean, we, uh, we've got some, you know, guys like Benny Resnick that's been in with us and he's going to, you know, he'll see some time probably with us. Uh, Benny's a, you know, a slashing type winger is really good one V one. And he's, he brings a lot to the table going forward. Um, so maybe he's that he's that guy that you know steps in and from Arturo and and uh, gives us what we need from that outside. Um, and we've got you know the you know, usual suspects and Ronaldo the killer from last year, you know, Golden Boot winner and um, a guy who's very brave in front of goal. He's going to get opportunities. And he's going to you know he's got he can fly. So we feel like we got a good balance of speed and and technique and ideas and. And uh, so we'll be interesting around the front half of the field. So, uh, but Arturo is different. I'm not, Arturo is a player like no other. He's, he's he can hit you in the, on the score sheet from the goals assists, um, and those are hard to replace, right? You know, they're not just that, uh, you know, they don't, they're not there in abundance. So, we'll see where we are. I like where we are, though. Are you in touch with um, Breck and Arturo? Do you know how they're doing in Austin and Salt Lake? Yeah, I'm not. I'm, talked to Breck a few times. Obviously, Arturo's brother, David, still plays with us, and so I get a lot of updates through David about Arturo. Uh, I think Arturo, got, uh, he's, picking, he's got an injury right now, so mm. he, he wasn't in the lineup this last week for, for the Monarchs, but I know he started in game one um, against San Antonio, so I think he's going to be, you know, he'll, he'll be fine. He's going to break in there and, and be and be great. Um, I've spoken to Breck a few times. I think Breck's, he's in, he's in a learning experience in Austin behind some experienced center backs, which is good for him. I know he wants to play and, and I know his mentality, he'll eventually make his way in, but I think he wants it to happen now. And, and I just got to be patient. He's got to take, he's got, you know, he's got to just uh, open his eyes and, and learn from the veteran type center backs. We've got a lot of experience in front of them and, and welcome that, um, that opportunity when it, when it does come. But so I think he's, uh, he's antsy on the end of the bench, hoping for his opportunity. Now, last year, one of the things that you and I had talked about as a little bit of an issue was the occasional times that you struggled without FC Dallas players and without academy players when you found yourself a bit shorthanded once or twice. And we had talked about the idea that you might look to have, carry a few more roster players this year. Um, has that turned out to be the case? Is that you think you have, that's a problem you have solved this year? Well, yeah, we did. We have we've signed a few more, um, but we definitely need to stay healthy. I mean, we're not. We don't have. We didn't sign a you know twenty guy roster. I mean, we we fifteen, um, and so you know if there's a, and then we got a couple of guys in our academy that can help us. Um, 
and we and right now, I mean, we're we're giving opportunity to to kids, young O fives, O fours in our training environment right now are coming along really well. Um, so we're trying to sort of build our the future, you know, through the academy and giving opportunity. So we'll see. And you know, when it comes to those type kids, our 15, 16, 17 year olds, you know, two three months can make a world of difference in a, in a kid's physique and and just where and if we bring him in and, and where his game can go. And so we want to just have a good balance between that opportunity and training and see where some of these kids go, but we'll be fine. I think if we stay healthy and we're smart, um, we'll, we, we're not going to be in a bind where we're, you know, we're signing Michelle. At least I don't think we will be. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Now you mentioned some of the 15s and I was actually really surprised to see some of the guy, the, the guys, the 2005s in particular that are going to be 17s now. Um, that feels a little younger than before. Is there, is there a little bit of a philosophy change there to try and bring them in even younger than you did last year? Or is it just a question of, I needed some guys and I knew these kids were available and I knew they were quality. No, I, think, I don't think it's a philosophy change. I think we just have a special group of kids that, uh, you know, when you have that special type of group, you kind of look past their age a little bit and say, look, they're really good soccer players. And let's, let's just, you know, let's challenge them. The environment and, see, and just and let's test it. Let's see, you know, maybe we get it wrong and a kid's not ready physically yet, and or maybe a kid's not re- ready cycle, but we don't know. And, and we got and that's where us as a staff has to be really smart with with uh, how we how we bring these kids in, how we handle them while they're in our in our care. And, and uh, but my thing is, I can really try to push them like like I do a second team player. I think they need to see, you know, they they need to sort of feel that you know mentality piece of you know, how, how, uh, they need to be pushed and their training habits need to be picked up and speed of play. And, you know, there's a, there's a patience curve there, but at some point you gotta, they, you want kids to come along when they come in the environment, it's how fast they can retain the information and apply it. Um, and so we're just taking those little moments and seeing how each guy is doing. We've had a few in for the last couple of weeks and, and they're growing each day. You can see every one of them, every one of them making strides and, and progress, um, from day one. So I think this is what we're here to do, meant to do. Um, and we're enjoying doing it. We love talking about it. We love evaluating their performance after training. So we'll see if, if any of these guys get opportunity throughout the year. But for the first, the first step was just bring them in, in the training environment. Now, speaking of um, FC Dallas and, and the players that are going to come down, with, with FC Dallas not playing, is it is it likely we'll see a few more than traditionally players come down and join you from FC Dallas? Or is that uh, is it going to be the standard sort of four, five, six players? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we're talking. It could. It's probably going to be the standard three, four, five. Um, depending on, you know, they have needs too. They're building towards the first game of the season, and and uh, you know, so it's really where um, it's trying to meet both of our needs and and their number one priority. So it's uh, if if Lucci feels somebody needs a, a league one game and sort of that pressurized um, game, then he's going to send them. And I think, um, but I don't see it being some abnormal players, like because they're not playing a game. I think mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, there's a, a fit between the guys in the first team that can play with the second team from based on age and, and responsibility. Um, so I, I see it being that sort of same, you know, one to one to four, one to five kind of range. Is there anybody specifically that he's already told you you're for sure getting just so fans can maybe know who to look for this weekend? Nobody specifically yet. There's still, I mean, again, it's, uh, we're still talking. Yeah. Um, 
so I don't want to I don't want to speculate or send or, or or say anything and and make fans mad because they came to see <laughs> the show but he's not they, there they, they didn't show up so exactly so yeah. um, but there's a range of names we're discussing and and uh, <laughs> you know and and it's health is number one for them too they're getting guys back healthy and and uh, so we just got to be responsible and and what that looks like how many minutes does a guy um, who hasn't played in, in a few weeks? What does that look like? We just can't. We can't be irresponsible with um, where some of these, uh, these guys are physically. Is so there is there a COVID? Discussing. Is there a COVID protocol? I mean, that's probably going to be factor in it too. I would assume, right? I mean, if they come come and play with you, they're exposed to a new group of people. Right. I think that's where you're finding all over the country right now is in this model of integration. Uh, it kind of has to take a back seat right now because for health reasons, and I think everybody right. understands that. So. We can't expect to have uh, this this up and back system that we've had um, as much as we. We'll, I think we'll try, and we're trying to you know with seeing and everything. So there's a there's an integration with if players are going to come in into the second team environment. We we test um, the way those results, making sure that everybody's um, that we're all being smart and responsible with with who's in the environment, and how they've been tested. I, I've been struck over the last uh, year or so by. The, lar- the large number of staffers FC Dallas has at any given training session relative to the history of my watching training. And then I was looking up your staff today. I didn't see if there had been any changes. And I noticed that there, there don't appear to be. But I was really struck by looking at your staff. And it reminded me so much of the staffs when you were a player in the early 2000s. Even going back to like 96 when we would be a Green Hill or a Blue Sky. And there'd be, you know, one head coach, two assistants, a trainer. Uh, an equipment guy, you know, and, and that's about, that's about it. But I think it says something that we're talking about a USL one team now that has a staff equivalent to what an MLS staff was 20 years ago. Yeah, no, it's all I've ever really known. I mean, it's coming from my former club. It was just a head coach. There's no, no assistance. So this is, I love having assistance and, and, and they're so bought in and, and our sports performance coach and our, tra- you know, equipment manager and trainer, it's a family type staff that we just all you know love being around each other and 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 there's so much knowledge there to 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 share um that i've learned a lot from them and that's what i want from it i mean that's that's the number one thing as a as a head coach is if i mean i michelle's got a wealth of experience to to give to myself and the and the team and and alex aldaz is is the same is you know we just really love talking the game and supporting each other and and again it's there's times they challenge me, which is I, I love, and and I, and I challenge them. So we're all, but in a good way. It's always, it's always um, we're filtering it to, to sort of get the best out of all of us and, and for the team. So I, I love our staff, um, and it's you know that's all you know. Going back to your point, it's it's uh, it's all you need. I mean, it's great to have more, but if this is the bare minimum, we're we're in pretty good hands. Now I have a couple of what I call soccer dork questions, so bear with me a minute here. Um, there's new kits coming for you guys, new home kits. Uh, first, will you give me a hint about what they look like? And second, the more important part of the question is, um, do players care about such things, or is that just us on the outside that care about things like kits? No, I think players care. I, um, I, I, I question coaches. I'm not. I think my my style and my my caring about those things are. are that with when I stopped playing um so I don't really you know I, I'll if a uniform sharp I'll say oh that looks, that looks nice but um I couldn't tell you I couldn't tell you graphically or with any sort of 
detail what these these new jerseys look like. So I, I would do a service if I was to try to tell you anything about the uniforms. And I think I might have seen one. And I, to be honest, I don't even remember. So I'm not the I'm not a I know Lucci is our style guy. He would he would he would be able to give you vivid detail of what. The, the, <laughs> yeah, Lucci thinks he's a style guy. <laughs> uh, one of my other crusades is the importance of numbers. Um, and last year, it seemed like there was a theme, and maybe you don't have anything to do with this, but it seemed like there was a theme that the guys that you had signed to your own roster were got to pick first and picked mostly low numbers. And then when guys came down from FC Dallas, if their number was available, they could keep it. But otherwise, they would you know, sort of fill in some of those lower numbers. And then Academy kids were 30s and up. Is, is, do you guys have an official system for your player numbering, or is that just something the equipment guys have done without even talking to you about it? No, I think last year we kind of gave guys, because it was year one, we gave like the veteran type, the veteran, I say veteran, like the older of the, the young the 23 guys. 23-year-old? Yeah. The first choice, yeah, the 23-year-old. We gave them the first choice, first dibs, uh, and then went down the line. Um, this year I think it's just been uh, giving guys numbers when they come in. Maybe if, asking them, what number do you want? If it's available, they got it. What's your second choice kind of deal? What's your third choice? Um, I haven't heard I specifically number that they didn't get a certain number so i think everybody's just kind of accepting whatever they get well there are a few new teams in the league this year i think it's three if if i kept up um maybe you could tell us a little bit about what you know of these three new teams just because most people are gonna have no clue at all um union omaha is a brand new team and then there's two uh let's call them feeder teams like north texas and that's fort lauderdale cf which is inter miami's farm team and then new england Revolution 2, which is obviously New England's team. Uh, so what do you know about those teams? What can you tell us about them? Uh, so I saw, I got to see um, the first game with Greenville and in Fort Lauderdale uh, the other night. So uh, they're they're young. I mean, they're using you know, seven, eight academy kids. Um, I don't know. I mean, they had uh, the likes of a Blaine Ferry, who you know well from locally. I playing do. In the lineup, and Servan uh, Carrasco. Who's uh, had many years in the last? Um, they so they've got a good sprinkle of, of guys with some good experience with with some of their young academy guys. I think they've signed some Cuban players um, who are you know a little tidy and technical. You know they're they're obviously in year one and and sort of figuring their way out in the, in the second group. Obviously we get a, we get a second year at this, and so um, I was impressed with some certain aspects of, of my of Fort Lauderdale. Greenville's Greenville. They're they're uh, they're going to be highly organized and, and just a really good squad. Uh, John does an excellent job there, um, and so uh, those matchups where we play Greenville are going to be. We're going to look at those on the schedule and really get up for them because we know the quality they possess, and it's always going to be a tough game against them. Um, I don't know much about New England. Um, I know that they've brought some USL Championship type players in mm. from you know Loudon. Who I think, were, if I'm reading between the lines, right? Like a Richie Williams was at Loudon before he came to New England, so I think he had some familiarity with with some of those players. And I think it's just one of those deals where they just put together a team based on the resources, and and, and so they brought some pieces in from the college draft, as we did. Um, and so, and they've got I think a few academy kids uh, that they're going to look to project and, and utilize in that uh, New England Revisions two two system. So. I expect them to be solid. I mean, uh, I think that they, I know that I spoke to Kurt Inolfo. He asked a lot of questions to me just kind of on our model, how we sort of do things and the, some of the decisions we made 
this was back, you know, after our season. So I think he was he was gaining some knowledge and has, you know, obviously a lot of experience with Los Dos uh, before he took over the reins as the head coach there. So I think Kurt's a, a good guy to if they're going to kick this thing off to to build a team. Um, and as and you know Omaha, I see that they've you know there's a couple of players from like Lansing, you know, who folded mm, um, right. their way there. A couple of players from Tormenta, I think that that went there. So I think they put together sort of a uh, um, a group of USL championship with League One um, type caliber players that you know they felt could serve the profiles they need in the in year one. So I don't. There's no video on these guys. There's no video, you know, I think with all the COVID, I think, you know, they're friendly games and everything like that. It's been, you know, really, um, you're not working for much, you know, from video footage with anybody of the, of the new team. So um, we'll just have to see. We'll have to really evaluate after your week one and week two and uh, try to come up with the best game plan against them. All right. Now you kick off this weekend against Ford Madison, who have amazing kits and awesome social media presence. Um, what what yeah. should we expect from them on the field? Well, they got a great coach in Daryl Shore, um, so you're going to see an organized group. Um, they're very veteran. I mean, I think they have five or six guys that are in their 30s. Um, wow. And then a few others that are late 20s. And so that's a lot of experience there. So they will be, like I said, I think they'll get behind the ball and, and make it really hard for us to break them down. And they're looking for those opportunities to counter us and, and or on set pieces uh, to take advantage of us. I think that um, we played each other five times last year, so I think that the style we know each other's styles there. So I think you know, hopefully we'll dominate. We can dominate the ball, and and, and I think that's the hard thing is um, sometimes with us and against a team like Madison is you can dominate the ball and when you know have 65 percent possession, but don't have a lot of chances to show for it. And so we got to really do a good job of being you know being vertical and getting quality chances and not just going side to side and. And probing, we've got to we've got to try to, you know, probe to hurt them. Um, so that's going to be what we're kind of designing and hopefully getting across this week is, is verticality and how we're going to go about it. And then also and also we got to be very good in our prevention shape because you know they have guys like Don Smart who's 32 years old who's Madison brought in a uh, a, a kid from Hartford who's got some experience. He's a six foot four nine. So my you know looking at that signing, I'm thinking that they're gonna they want to provide a lot of service for him. So we've got to be really good in crossing situations, denying crosses, and then you know holding marks in the box and battling physically. So it's going to be a good test, um, you know, versus the, the old veteran versus the young the young bucks. So which one wins out, you know? And I think that's it can go either way depending on on the effectiveness and the mentality of each each team. Now you no longer have to share a Globe Life Park with an XFL team. Benefit for you. Uh, but you do have to share it with a rugby team in the future. Uh, hopefully that's not going to be terrible. Uh, so you did train there this week. How's the place shaping up? It's beautiful. It's going to, it's a, it's a, they did an outstanding job with it. The guys, I mean, us coaches and staff, we just thought it was, a, it's just a great venue. You know, I just think it's, it's got such a great vibe and I know that visiting teams are going to come and enjoy playing there. Um, tons of space and, uh, Still very, very fortunate, very lucky to have this be our home. All right, I'm going to put you on the spot. Can you repeat as USL one champions? Absolutely, <laughs> I'm saying absolutely. We got, we've got, uh, we've got great talent. We can, we can win it again if our mentality is right, and we know that. Look, it's going to be a lot harder. People are going to be gunning for us. Uh, we're not going to be surprising anybody throughout the year. So, I think that 
that's what we have to understand most is teams are going to be coming harder at us than last year. And so we can't let off the gas and, and feel like we've got anything won. So it's just going to be a completely unique and different scenario, but one that I, I believe in our guys. I believe that we're, we're going the right direction and they, I know how, how much they love to win. And, and uh, so they had the talent. So who do you see as the biggest threat before the season starts? Before the season, I just got to say Greenville, man. I just, there's, there's something to that, to obviously to, to John and what he does there. And, and being that they were in the final last year, I'm sure they're going to be hungry. Anytime you're in a final, you want to, you know, you got similar guys still in your roster. They're going to want to, they want to come back and get revenge and they want to be, or if it's not us in the final, which I hope it is, but if it's not, they, they want to win it. They were, they were so close last year and there's something to that. There's something to that mentality of a team who, who took second and, and then wants to, wants to get back there heavily um, the following year. All right, so the season kicks off this Saturday at 8 p.m. Central. That's at Globe Life Park in Arlington. I'll be there. I can't wait. Looking forward to seeing some soccer in person. With the delays, Eric, I imagine that you guys are chomping at the bit as well to get going. We are. I mean, the guys are they're, they're nervous, and they're, they're, you can tell their they're training demeanors. There's a lot of focus and uh, nervousness, and I think that that's, that's all healthy um, as you go into week one. All right, that's our preview of season number two. Hopefully a repeat as USL champions. We'll see, crossing our fingers. Eric, thanks so much for coming on and filling us in on your team. I'm looking forward to it. Anytime, Buzz. Thanks for having me, bud. All right, that's been this week's episode of Third Degree, the podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or any of our other work on the internet, including our website, you can support us at patreon.com slash third degree. And we will see you next week on Third Degree, the podcast. Thank you.